is a uh, hot and getting hotter one today. I don't need to tell you that, though, right? Got out and about. Did it feel good, though? It's a pour opener. My mom used to say that all the time on those really hot, muggy days. It's a pour opener. Your pores will clean out. It's a cleansing day. That's the type of day today is, and it's going to be that way tomorrow. And then again on Thursday before Friday, it begins to cool back down. But uh, get out, and if you can enjoy it, enjoy it. If you're a hot person like I am and you enjoy the heat, yeah, go for it. I uh, I got out this morning and did some work. I worked out. I was doing yard work today. Just all kinds of good stuff. Just sweating. Came in, got a shower, got ready for the program. So feel good. Feel good today. Welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are on the air, and uh, boy, what a big night last night down at American Family Field. We'll get into that. If you want to chime in, you can, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us uh, on Instagram, The Bill Michael Show. You can find us on Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show as well. Then there's YouTube, and we uh, always appreciate when you subscribe on YouTube. It's free. It pops up and lets you know that we're on the air. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Facebook.com slash Bill Michaels Show. There's on uh, Twitch TV, on the Twitch app, the Kick app now as well. You can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And the website is simply thebillmichaels.com. The Zone Madison, W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison app is another way to find us. And uh, you can always listen after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. And you can find producing the program today, Grant Bills, on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Grant, how are you doing today? Bill, I'm good. You'll never guess what I uh, have sitting on a napkin in front of me. We had a guest on the morning show from the State Fair in this morning. So, okay, here's my question. Yep. Do they not realize I'm in their backyard? <laughs> I, I sound like the man screaming, get off my lawn, but damn it, I don't get anything here at the house. No anything cream pots. in this local studio, no. Well, they had boxes. We'll have them stop. Your exit's right I on know. the way back for them, I'm sure. I know. I know. I know. Sucks. But no, hey, uh, good for you guys. Then again, I really don't need it. I'm trying not to eat oh, I don't a need ton of either. stuff. And I'm actually going to be there. Uh, now, here's the one thing about the state fair and i've said this for years i cream puffs everybody loves them it's tradition it's wisconsin but the unknown treasure is the giant blue ribbon brownies have you ever had one of those no i don't think so don't even eat it take it home (laughs) lay it in your bed spread it out and have an experience with it it's they're so good and they're giant they look like giant reese cups but they're brownies really Nobody knows. I, every every year I go through this, and people went, oh, yeah, I forgot about those. Go get the brownies. If you like chocolate brownies, oh, my God, they're, they're to die for. They're so good. I had my, so good. my first cream puff just a couple weeks ago from a bakery in Milwaukee, so this is only my second or really? third experience. Yeah, It's okay. all in the cream, the, cre- the cream, yep. which sounds dumb, I know, but it's not really about the, the pastry. It's about the cream is so good. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The pastry has to be light, not chewy. So it is a little bit about the pastry has to be light and kind of, you know, come apart when you bite it. It can't be chewy and tuggable. But I agree with you. If, if the cream is nasty, then the, the whole thing's nasty. So and if the cream's good, the whole thing's good. But that's the big thing about the pastry. You got to be able to bite it, but not tear it and chew it. It's not it can't be like rubbery. But uh, but cream puffs from Wisconsin State Fair are awesome. And I'm all they always bring them over to me. And I'm glad to take them. I'll eat one, 
Uh, I pass him out. I'm very sharing, share and share alike. But when it comes to the the brownie, uh, I will hoard those till the day is long. You're like a dog with a bone. Oh, Stay away. I I get boxes of them. I get friends from all over the country that request them, and I got to ship them. I, they just they're they're phenomenal. If you've never had the State Fair uh, Blue Ribbon Brownies, my God, oof, they're just so good. So well, I'm going. Uh, I'm going on vacation next week out to Montana, and my buddy said, "Can you please bring me as many cases of spotted cow as you can fit in the trunk?" So I I get it. Okay. We, we we have hot commodities in the state, and people around the country are interested. So who's doing the show? Zach is going to do it for a couple of nights. I was talking to Ebo and and Rowdy. They told me, "Hey, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about okay. it." Okay. Uh, Stone Cold Intern Austin is going to be around. He was doing the morning show with Ebo today, so I think it's going to be a, a mix of folks from four to okay. six. Okay, because uh, this week I'm here. Next week I'm fully here, uh, except for Friday. I'm only gone on Friday. Yep. And then I'm here. Then the following week out in Sturgis, I'll be there Monday and Tuesday. Then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I will be off. By the way, speaking of Spotted Cow, I have uh, a request, and I had to pick some up uh, down in Indiana when I was there. I had to pick up five cases of Yingling, three cases of Yingling Hershey's, and five cases of Spotted Cow all have to go out to Sturgis, South Dakota. Yeah. You're going to pack the RV full to right? the seams. Right? Yeah. The whole upper bunk will be full by the time I leave. So uh, the Yingling is, is sitting here in the house, but uh, the Spotted Cow I have yet to pick up. But, but yeah, I got to take uh, – there, there's a bar I talked about, Stinger Bar. Uh, there's a bar out there, and the owner, his son, is a huge Wisconsinite fan. I mean, anything and everything Wisconsin. He came to a Packers game years ago and got the cheese head, had the spotted cow, uh, the whole deal, and just fell in love with it. And if I could take cheese curds with me, I would. But he, he just he's like, can you bring, please, please, please bring me some yingling and spotted cow? And I'm like, okay, we'll do that. So there you go. Good stuff. Uh, Gary says, a Reese cup? Yeah, it looks like a giant Reese cup. But it's not. It's a brownie. I've taken pictures of it. They're, they're as big as my hand. i got a pretty good-sized hand. The brownie itself is is bigger than the, the, the roundness of my hand. It, it's They're huge. And uh, in the cream puff box, where usually it's, what, 6 or 12 to a box? I can't remember how, how many cream puffs go in a box. They'll usually fit, like, six brownies. They're just huge. They're just huge. So, anyway. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. That's the phone number. Yes, Brandon says it's kind of like you're smoking the bandit and you're a bootlegger. <laughs> you're right. 100% correct. I would agree with that. That's, that's, that's a good, uh, I will, when I go to pull out of the driveway, I will have, uh, the 36 foot RV, the 20 foot trailer, and I will be playing eastbound and down by one uh, Jerry Reed. Bill, that's I, literally, I, I just turned my microphone on. I said, are you going to be blasting eastbound and down yeah. as you pull out of your neighborhood? Yep. That's funny. I will. Yep. Boards uh, are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana. There, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be blasting <laughs> it the whole way out. The whole way out. The full 12 hours. Uh, big night last night. Uh, here is my butt. And I have yet. Uh, I haven't got any. Wait a minute. Maybe I did get a, a word from Ben Kenny here. I apologize. I'm checking this on the air. Um. Yeah, so uh, so last night, and, and I wanted to get, because th this was a running thing with Ben and I when Ben was on the program. So Christian Yelich would do something great and then post a video. And then after, we all know this, and then afterwards, 
superstitiously would go into the tank. I mean, tank, tank. So last night, Christian Yelich gets the walk-off, gets the base knock, the seeing-eye chopper, heads into right field, throw late, Brewers win, and uh, the celebration is on. And just after that, I look, and there's like, boop, a Christian Yelich video. Uh, There's a couple of them on his Instagram. A video of winning, a video of him, a video of the hit, uh, all this stuff. So I, I said to Ben, I said, hey, does this count? Because the last time it was a home run, and then he had the grand slam, I think it was, in Cincinnati when he posted the video of that, and then he didn't get a hit again for like a month. So Ben just texted me back and said, yep, that's that's his career. He's cooked. He's done. So did Christian Yelich jinx himself last night by posting the video of the game-winning base knock that gave the Brewers the win? The Brewers now a game and a half up on Cincinnati. Uh, I will say this. I, I know that everybody's making a big deal out of the scoreboard. Everybody's making a big deal out of Dela Cruz. But it's one hit. It's one at bat. I don't care. And, oh, by the way, the big story of the night was not Dela Cruz hitting a 456-foot shot. The big news of the night was the Brewers tied the game, Williams hangs on, and then they come back and they win the ballgame. And they remain atop not only in the National League Central, but their dominance over Cincinnati remains. That was the big story. Even though nationally it's all about Dela Cruz, Nobody's talking about Sal Freelich and his first major league home run, tying the ball game up last night, everybody going crazy. It's no. It's you gotta you gotta you gotta look at the big picture, and the big picture was they gotta win last night yet again over Cincinnati. That that's all that mattered. You can I will take De La Cruz hitting a four hundred I'll I hope he hits a five hundred foot shot today. And everybody goes, Wow. And the Brewers still win the game ten to one. I'd take that in a heartbeat. So make all the goos and gahs and goos and gahs you want over De La Cruz. He's a hell of a player. And he can put on the Viking helmet and flash the gold and the chains and all the other stuff. But as long as the Brewers are beating him on the continuum, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But uh, it scared me last night because Christian Yelich posted the video. I don't know if you follow along on the jinxes that are, Grant, but that was always a big big bugaboo with with Ben and I that when something good would happen for Christian Yelich he would then post about it and then we'd go right into the crapper so today I woke up and now I'm nervous and I had to get I I, believe it or not I went to get reassurance from Ben and he no he threw me right back into the crapper he's like no he's done it's over (laughs) this is one of my favorite things about you and Ben is Ben saying, Yelich is back, and Bill will just not accept it. And then you said, nope. nope, I need to see more. And then the back and forth and the back and forth that's continued even up until today, July 25th. I see yep. Ben tweeting and, and still poking you in the ribs saying, Bill, he's he's back. And you're, nope. He's, he's, he's got a good average. He's driving in runs. Uh, he is not hitting 324 with 44 home runs. Yep. That's, that's back. That's what he was. This is just playing really well right now. Big difference, but yeah, apparently, at least according to one Ben Kenny and the superstition that is on this program, we fear every time Christian Yelich posts a video, and suddenly, there you go. Um, Merlin says it's what the media does. They focus on a certain player and shove it down our throats until we hate the guy. Uh, I don't hate Taylor Cruz. He's a hell of a player. 
but it was the big story on because look i get the fact that the scoreboard in case you didn't know the scoreboard last night in the in the brewers reds game uh whoever was operating the scoreboard down at american family field uh posted when de la cruz came up in his second at bat remember his first at bat he went deep and uh and and joey weimer went up above the fence and pulled that thing back into the yard so in his second at bat the greeting from the Brewers scoreboard said, Ellie De La Cruz almost hit, almost hit a home run in the first inning, but didn't. You know how they always say what you did your last time at bat? Said almost hit a home run, but didn't. And then the very next pitch, whack, 456 feet. I mean, that thing was a blast. It was an absolute blast. And I, De La Cruz, he's a hell of a player. He's not the smartest when it comes to base running because he's just on a tear right now. And last night, even the Brewers had some bas- bad base running mistakes, and they just couldn't get runners in with sc- in scoring position. It was just it was an awful night, really, offensively. But ultimately, the winning, as they say, is the ultimate deodorant, and that overshadowed a rather inept night when it came to the Brewers getting runners on in every inning last night, not being able to plate the runs. But De La Cruz, not the smartest when it comes to base running. He takes a lot of chances. And he will fail. And he has put his team in some precarious positions because of it. But you can't deny the talent. The guy's unbelievable. He's, he's, he's incredible. So you take the good with the bad right now. And as he ages, as he learns, he'll, he'll kind of, you know, I don't want to say conform, but he'll become much wiser when it comes to being on the base path. But that being said, that was a big story. But as a Brewers fan, I'm like, Psh. you know, even my buddy's like, did you see that? Oh, my God. You know, what a game last night. I'm like, no, what a game. Well, Brewers won. You're still a game and a half back. You woke up today a game worse than you did yesterday, and yet you all you can talk about is the home run. You sound like a Bears fan going, boy, Justin Fields looks really good. We got blown out 24-7, to but, boy, he could run the football. You still lost. You know, so I'll take it. I'll take another day like that again today. 877-867-1670. Uh, hit us up today. We've also got Brian Gutekind going to be going to the podium. Uh, also, you got Matt LaFleur is going to be speaking today. Our buddy Chuck Freeman from the Locked On Brewers podcast is going to be here today, coming up in about uh, about an hour and 15 minutes from now. So we'll be chatting with him, or excuse me, uh, almost two hours and 15 minutes from now. We'll be chatting with him, and we'll get his take on last night in this Red Series. And as the rumors now begin to really circulate about who's going after what, uh, both the Brewers and the Reds uh, got rumors floating around out there, but also – You've got another good, uh, you know, sign because yesterday Woodruff was in the dugout feeling good, no problems, no pain, no nothing after the fact. So maybe, just maybe, you're also going to have the cavalry coming over the hill. So good stuff on that account as well. Going to go and take a quick break. Off to a fast start today. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, I like it. A good movie iconic tune that the minute you hear it, you know what uh, movie it was attached to. Like that. Good old Jerry Reed. Thirsty in Atlanta, beer in Texarkana. There you go. 
Oh, I'm looking forward to that trip. Heading out to Sturgis, South Dakota, a week from uh, from this Thursday. And we'll be doing the show live from uh, Full Throttle and Pappy Hoyle Campground on uh, the Monday and Tuesday then following. And then off for a few days, going over to the uh, the Motorcycle Hall of Fame uh, banquet ceremony, and then we're going to do some stuff there in uh, conjunction with the motorcycle ride in Fisher House, Wisconsin, and the VFW. And then heading back home, and then we get back at it uh, all for real. As we get home on that uh, that Friday night, and uh, the Packers play that night. Packers play in Cincinnati. I, uh, Mike Clemens will be making that trip down to Cincinnati. I will not, since we will just be getting back. But, uh, but we will have uh, all kinds of coverage for you coming up the following Monday. So... Good stuff. Uh, the huddles and the postgame show does not start uh, until the first regular season game. And the Wednesday before the first regular season game, we will have the huddle. I have We have not uh, gotten down to where we're going to be just as of yet, but we will be doing some Packer-centric stuff. And it'll change up a little bit this year, but uh, we're going to be all over. And I know that one of the bars we want to go to and we've been approached by is Nuts Deep 2 <laughs> up in uh, up in Marshville. We want to get there. So uh, if you are a, an affiliate uh, on the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network and you are you got a bar, you got a, a pub, you got a sports pub, you got something in mind, uh, get in touch with us because we're going to try to schedule as many as we can out of uh, the Milwaukee and, and our you know home markets as we can throughout the state. So. And we can travel for a while in the RV as long as it doesn't uh, get down to low freezing. But uh, but we'll we'll be doing a, a lot of different shows all over the state this year. So we're really looking forward to all of that as well. Um, now the the rumors begin to circulate. We know that uh, the possibly India from uh, Cincinnati uh, may be um, on the trade block. We we'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't. I have not heard a lot of specific rumors. When it comes to, um, when it comes to the the Brewers, there's a lot of what ifs out there. I know, and uh, I've been trying to kind of stay up on stuff, and the MLB trade rumors and all that stuff. But I there's there's nothing overwhelmingly specific right now about the Brewers. There's just a couple of wonderments and the fact that the Brewers, along with many others, are going for bats. Everybody's looking for some good bats. So uh, the Brewers tie for 14th out of 15 National League teams and run scored ahead of only the uh, Miami Marlins and tied with the Pirates. Uh, the pitching has been outstanding nearly all year. And for the most part, I was uh, watching this morning where they were just completely praising Craig Council and the job that he has done in keeping uh, this this team uh, in the uh, the lead in the National League Central and the way they're getting it done. But it's been basically defense, which has also been outstanding, and and pitching. And that's why when you think, okay, again, it holds true. Good pitching could beat good hitting. And we've seen it time and again. So now you think to yourself, if now you get Woodruff back, and Ashby, and you start to get some of these other guys that start coming back, and then you, you've got your pen fortified, your starting rotation fortified. You know, Burns is throwing well. It's like, wow, uh, can this thing – can you just get a couple of bats? Just a couple of bats. Um, it, and at this point in time, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a DH. I don't care if it's an outfielder. I don't care if it's a corner infielder. I don't, I don't care. Can you just find a couple of bats to put this team over the top? 
because now you're, you know, this is one of those things where you're starting to see something. And uh, Tim Allen and I used to talk about this all the time, that in baseball, it's all about sabermetrics. It's all about launch angle, sabermetrics, swing rates, bat speed, uh, percentages, you know, but there is something to be said for the hidden momentum. And you can't touch it, you can't feel it, you can't smell it, you can't see it, you can't quantify it. But what you start to see is teams begin to believe. And you're seeing more and more of these, these, you know, these, these late inning at-bats for the Milwaukee Brewers where they're not giving up like they have in the past for a long time. I mean, this team just flat out didn't win games. If they got past seven innings and they were trailing, it was over. It's just done. And now you're starting to see this team score some runs. Specifically, they can keep it close. Specifically, if the game is tied, and they're starting to score runs late in the ball game, and that was something they were not doing all season long, and now they're figuring out ways to get it done. They've got some different energy. Granted, Sal Freelick brought it. You know, maybe, maybe, knock on wood, maybe you get a guy like Gary Mitchell comes back at the end of the season from the shoulder issue. You know, I I, I doubt it, but I'm just kind of throwing spitballing here that if some good things happen, some guys heal, you get some more energy. Maybe you get a bat. Who knows? And last night, I mean, come on. When you get Jesse Winker to produce, I mean, that's like God himself coming down and pointing his finger at your dugout, right? I thought for sure, you know, sitting Joey Weimer and bringing in Jesse Winker last night, I thought, oh, this is just trading bad for bad. Nothing's going to happen. And damn if Winker didn't, uh, you know, get a seeing eye base knock. He battled. Give him credit. You know, for as much as, you know, he's not hitting the ball and we knock him when he's not, I'll give him credit when he did. So a nice job last night, even by Jesse Winker. So exciting stuff, exciting stuff. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, by the way, we are going to hear from uh, the Packers general manager and then the Packers head coach. So we'll get into that as well. Um, Gary says they have too many young outfielders and they're not bat-first outfielders. I don't, as long as they're producing and playing good defense, I don't care. I don't care what their age is. Sometimes age and, and the na- na- naivete, if you will, of you're not supposed to be good, you're not supposed to be doing things like this, that's a good thing. And you can only play two of them at a time anyway. I mean, Yelich is your guy. Yelich is your other corner outfielder. So it's not like you're playing four or five young guys all at once, right? Who cares? As long as they're winning, I don't care. You know? Um, last night, uh, you're right. Uh, Mark says that Devin Williams was throwing strikes and he was on last night. Absolutely. Didn't waste a lot of pitches. Very, very, very good when it came to the serviceability in that last that ninth inning. Absolutely. Conservative with his pitches, threw strikes. I think he was like at nine or ten pitches with two outs. It might have been, I think, 11 or 12 pitches in that, in that final inning. But it was, it was a very efficient inning for Devin Williams last night. Very efficient. So, take it. Uh, Scott said the Brewers are scoring on the back end of the Reds' bullpen. Reds' bullpen will be their Achilles heel and keep them out of the playoffs. Well, the, the Reds' pitching staff will keep them out of the playoffs. The Reds' pitching staff is not good. If you if you look at 
overall MLB statistics, their pitching staff is one of the one of the lower tiers in baseball, but their offense is one of the upper. Where the Brewers' offense is one of the lower tiers, and the Brewers' pitching staff is one of the upper tiers. I mean, that's it's just simple as that. If you would put the Brewers' pitching staff with that Reds' offense, they'd be dominating the National League. They'd be better than the Braves, hands down, hands down. But you know, you can't do that. I mean, it's just a hypothetical. But absolutely, good pitching right now and good defense. Good defense between Bryce Terang up the gut. Joey Weimer in center field. Hell, Christian Yelich has tracked down a few balls. And, they, and you know, obviously Sal Freelich the last couple of nights has been extremely good as well. You saw him again last night making a solid catch. So, absolutely. Just good imagine if this, this Brewers pitching staff was full strength. <laughs> like, they're right? starting rotation. It's not even close. I love Colin Ray, but, well, I feel fine about Colin Ray. It feels like he's pitching two every three nights. I turn on the TV every other night. Oh, here's Colin Ray again. And they're still doing really well. Yep. I 100% agree. It's like whoever they've thrown out there has given them just enough and kept them in ball games just enough for them to scratch out a win and to turn it over. The bullpen, which got off to a fast start and then took a nosedive, is now back. The bullpen has been spectacular. Spectacular. So I just you know it's 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 been absolutely aw- aw- you know awesome to see, in every way. So, um, by the way, uh, NFL news we all know waking up this morning that we talked about it yesterday. Saquon Barkley, what kind of effect that's going to have on the Giants? Well, now he is back in camp, ready to go. A one-year deal worth up to eleven million bucks. But uh, the big news came out of the NBA today, and I don't know if you had a chance to see this or not. But one of the biggest, well, the biggest contract, I think, in NBA history, um, the Celtics, Jalen Brown, has agreed to sign the richest deal in NBA history. Five years, $304 million. Five years, $304 million. That's what, correct me if I'm wrong on my math, that's $60 million a year. 60 point, you know, seven, five million a year. It, it, man, that is crazy money. Crazy money. But the richest deal in NBA history, five years, $304 million. Just beyond mind boggling. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back. Uh, both the general manager and the head coach of the uh, Green Bay Packers spoke. And we're going to hear it, going to talk about it, and there's an expectation that's very quietly been thrown out. Just to say, yeah, this is this is kind of it. This is kind of what we're thinking. And I would probably disagree. And I'm, if you know me, I'm usually on that bandwagon, but in this particular sense, I'd probably disagree. But I think it was also um, just a what if. It was a very hypothetical. It was not a hard deadline. And I'll tell you what it is, what, uh, what I'm talking about when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. Let them rock your world. They're in West Bend, Wisconsin. Engagement rings, anniversary rings, necklaces, pendants, earrings, you name it, they've got it. Andy and his staff, they take care of you like family. As a matter of fact, it's a family-owned business. Been around a long time. They know their stuff. They know how to treat people. They, they're a great little shop. 
in, in West Bend. I don't say little in the sense of, like, it's not worth it. It's worth it to go there, trust me. But it's it's not this mammoth megastore. They uh, a lot of attention to detail. So if you make an appointment, you go in, you go in and check things out. Otherwise, just swing by, and you can walk through and browse a little bit. But uh, but either way, go to Kane Jewelry, Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com. Even at the bottom of the page, there's the Buy Like a Guy podcast. You can check that out as well that Andy does. Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend, they are worth the tr- Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And it is the destination for the motorcycle ride this year. I know Dave and the staff out there at Steel Tank Brewing Company, a uh, craft brewer right here in the state of Wisconsin, they are uh, working hard to kind of, you know, clean some of the landscape up. And uh, they are cleaning up space and making space for all the motorcycles that are going to come roaring in on Sunday, September 3rd. But Steel Tank is an awesome place, and their food is fantastic. Stop into Steel Tank Brewing, not to mention just the creative brews that Dave comes up with. They've got some really, really good stuff, and it's all military-themed. It is uh, veteran-owned, uh, by the way. Dave is a veteran, and I support him big time, which is one of the reasons we're taking it there, because it's veteran-owned, and we do things for veterans. We try to do everything we can for them, whether it's veterans, military members, or their families. So Steel Tank Brewing, Robrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. They have that big music venue that's getting ready to open here towards uh, September as well. Cannot wait for that. Check out our friends at Steel Tank Brewing. Great place, great people. There you have it. Um, So uh, he went to the podium uh, just a little while ago and making the State of the Union address, so to speak, preseason. That's Brian Gudikins. Take a listen to what Goody had to say. How much consideration did you give to adding a veteran receiver during the offseason? What ultimately made you decide to stick with the young guys you all have? Yeah, I think um, obviously we're very excited about that group and um, how they're going to grow together with Jordan and, um, and the whole offense. But, um, yeah, we look at all those things, and if it's uh, and we'll continue to. And if the right player and the right price and all that kind of stuff comes around, we'll certainly you know contemplate it and, and see if that, that makes some sense. Um, but the players we have right now in that group need to play. They need the reps, and um, so we're excited about that. You know, at, at quarterback, they've changed the rules where you can have a third on up now. Um, like I realize you're not going to hand a crappy third guy, crappy quarterback roster spot. I get that part of it. But does that change potentially your thinking going into this? It could. You know, we've looked at it a little bit, and, you know, as we've gone and um, – yeah, the playoffs actually. I think when you when you get to that point, um, maybe it'll change our thinking a little bit. But I think right now, well, you know, it doesn't change it a whole lot. But it uh, gives us some flexibility there. I think if that's what we want to do. What you think, Alex McGo? Um, we, we you know this goes back. Obviously, you know we scout these guys um, from college. Um, when he was bouncing around Jacksonville and Seattle, we you know, I think there was a couple times we we thought about trying to bring him in, um, and then to see what he's done in uh, in the USFL. Uh, winning a couple championships there, and, and you know, he's a big, strong, good-looking athlete. Uh, he's always had a big arm, um, and I think he's progressed as a player um, over that time through through his years in the league. And then, and I think, like a lot of players, when especially quarterbacks, um, when you sit there and you don't get to play, it's it's tough to develop. So going there and, and having the opportunity to play, I think, really helped him. 
guys handled, you know, we've seen all those little spring leaks pop up the last few years. How, how have you handled that from your side of things? And, you know, Micah came in here last year into the make team. I mean, how do you go about kind of reviewing that and seeing what could potentially fit for you? You know, first of all, our, our pro scouting department does a great job with that. Um, you know, that's um, something those guys grind a lot of tape on and stuff. So um, those guys do a great job, and we're constantly talking about that. Um, and most of the time, we have a pretty good history on these players that are playing in there to begin with. So we kind of know, and we've been tracking them to begin with. Um, but um, again, those guys are going and, and taking a betting on themselves and playing somewhere, and I think that's important um, for those guys to keep developing. And um, it's certainly a nice. Um, it's been a nice avenue to look at some players, especially as you enter training camp and things like that. Exhibition games, or, or does do you not need that? Yeah, it's a little bit of that double-edged, you know, thing. I mean, you'd like to see, a, you know, him play a lot if you could promise me we could protect him and keep him healthy, you know. Um, so I think it's, I think that'll be probably something mad as he goes through it. Uh, it's a feel thing, you know, for what what he feels he needs. Um, so, um, yeah, I go back and forth. There's part of me that with all these young players, not just Jordan, um, that you want to see him play a lot, but then there's times you just want to, you know, Ted Thompson and bubble wrap him and get to the first game and figure it out. But um, I think that, you know, talking to Matt and, and working through those conversations, I think that's going to be something that as we go, he feels. And luckily we have a couple of these practices, you know, that we're going to be able to, you know, go against other teams. That'll be really important for us as well. Are joint practices really the next best thing to preseason games? Yeah, I mean, you know, and in some ways I think it gives you um, – they both have their positives and negatives, I guess. But they, with the joint practices, obviously, you're able to get a, a live look um, um, and protect your quarterbacks a little bit more. And, and um, obviously you're setting things up to what you want to see as well. Um, but then at the same time, the game's not played that way. The game's, you know, um, where, where it's chaotic and things happen where you can't expect it. And, and I think that's where players probably learn the most. Um, but it's probably the next best thing. Ryan, Rich has said he likes having multiple kickers mm-hmm. to either, you know, take some stress off one guy or for a competition. Do you anticipate adding another at some point? Uh, I think we'll see how, we, how it goes. Um, I think Rich would like 20 specialists if you if could have them. And, and to those guys' credit, they work them now, you know, and, um, and, and I have a lot of faith there. But, uh, um, but I think we'll kind of we'll see how um, training camp, you know, goes to see if that makes sense. Brian, you got you got Watson and Dobbs on offense, Walker and Wyatt on defense. What do you guys look for that that tells you that um, they're making that second year jump that, that you always hold for? Is there something that catches your eye in that regard that, that gives you the, the notion? Yeah, I think for me it's just um, consistency. You know, I think when most of these young players, especially the, the guys that are very talented, come in, you see the flashes right away. It's can you know, it's can we do it? down in and, and down out within the scheme and make plays within the scheme what, what the coaches are asking them to do. Um, so the consistency part is, I think, for all young players is what we're constantly looking at. You know, um, It's one thing to flash and make plays um, off your natural ability and what you've known in the past, but can you take everything that's being taught to you and, and make plays within that, that scheme? I think that's, um, that's kind of what you're looking for. I know you're thinking about your team, but since it all starts with the division, how do you assess the NFC North? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, nobody's had a first practice yet. You know what I mean? So every year is a different year. Um, you know, there's a, there's about there's the whole league, you know, whole division is pretty talented. Um, so um, obviously, you know, Minnesota kind of sits on top of that um, with what they did last year. But every year is a new year, and um, to kind of predict that would be kind of foolish, I think, just because I think it's. Um, if there's too, too many unknowns right now.
Yesterday, Mark joked that if you want to see the Packers on Hard Knocks, then watch the show with the Jets, and because they've got eight of them. But, you know, what's going on there? When have you seen that many people go from one team to another in the same time frame? Um, yeah, it's, that's probably not a question for me. <laughs> I may have lived a little of that, but uh, in the past, but uh, that's not really a question for me. But um, um, they got a good team, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to watch. That's for sure. Brian, you have uh, a lot of offensive linemen you've uh, drafted in the last couple of years who aren't necessarily starters right now. You know, Deshaun, Ryan, Rasheed Walker, guys like that. What do you expect? Um, you know, what what do you need to see out of some of those guys this year, yeah. this summer? Well, I, mean, Tom, I think you know how big of a priority that, that is for me, and I think competition really is really important there. And um, having depth there and competition and keeping that room growing is um, it's, it's just vital. You know, the trenches are such a big part of what we do. And um, I just think that um, the competition, especially because we have so many young players in that room, that it's really healthy, you know, that uh, um, they got to kind of each day they got to get out there and compete for it, you know, so. Um, I'm excited about that group. I think we have a really deep group, um, you know, and th- those guys are hard to find. So I think we came into the, you know, the offseason with 13 guys, which is you know, very unusual to have that many guys, especially guys that we think, you know, we think very highly of. Um, so I think that'll be something we continue to, to try to do as we move forward here is, is um, keep that group really strong and competitive. Emerge that you didn't expect. You think? Is that oh, so, yeah. I mean, you know, that's um, that always happens. I mean, you know, um, but this this group. I mean, you know, we even you know, there's guys like you know Caleb Jones last year and and Luke Tenuta. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, those guys are they can play. You know what I mean? So, um, but again, it's going to be really competitive. It's going to be fun to see. Um, I think it helps training camp um, like immensely, just because. When you get to the second and third groups out there in preseason games and being able to protect the quarterback and run your offense, I think that's important. It helps helps us evaluate everything. I think when you struggle there, um, it's tough to evaluate some things. So, getting back to that question about the division, does it does it feel different to be the team to not being chased the way you have been in the last few years? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever looked at it like that. You know, I mean, every year is a new year, and um, you know, um, who's to say we won't be? You know what I mean? So. Um, you, you just never know how that's going to go, and it's always competitive in this division, uh, as you guys know. Like, um, really, um, the records of the teams when we play within the division, I think that all over the NFL is is they're tougher games because they're more you're more familiar, and it's um, you know it's just it's just a little different. So um, this year will probably be no different, you know. And um, but we're excited about it. We're excited to get after it, and um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, just learning and growing and he's made really good strides since since his time here. Um, I mean you, you guys can imagine kind of being thrown into this environment with, with the background that he has and how tough that might be. But he shows up every day, he's working his tail off. Um, Growing and being um, accepted by the guys, and I think he's enjoying himself. So, um, yeah, just it's a it's an interesting. This is our first time through this, you know, and um, he's done a great job. 
There you go. Brian Gudekins talking to the media. We'll pick up with that when we come back. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. Don't forget right now they got the bacon. Oh, my God, their bacon is so good. But two packages, four bucks. I'm not kidding. Two packages, four bucks, limit four. So get in, get it. I was at a quick trip yesterday and picked a couple of them up because we're taking uh, the kids up to Road America. Going to do a little camping in the RV and tenting and such. Going to do some bacon out over the open fire. Good stuff. Stop in the quick trip and uh, use your quick rewards card as well. Go to quick trip. Tell them we sent you great stuff from our friends at quick. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. in the new facility well, you know when did you move in and tell me what you think how that's going to help out your operations yeah first of all, a lot of thanks to mark and, and the organization for doing this it's it, the efficiency already is just tremendous it's probably cutting a half hour off some of our you know our especially our coaches you know days just going back and forth um you know a lot of credit you know it's got to go to joe malcheski and mike hallbach mike moynihan they did it I mean, um, to get this thing ready for, for the, um, what we're doing right now. But, um, you know, there's some of us that have been in this building a long time, and it's tough to move. You know what I mean? It's tough, change is tough, so it's tough to get some of those guys out of their offices and into the new spot. But, yeah, we're rolling. Sometimes it feels a little bit like you're in somebody else's house right now because, you know, it's not – you haven't got it, but it's, uh, it's beautiful. I don't know if, how many of you guys have had a chance to see it, but the team room, the, the crick, the, all the things that um, – you know, the meeting rooms, it's just – yeah, it's um, – it's just first class, like like we've done things here in the past. It's just very, very first class. And, um, you know, kind of having the efficiency of meeting rooms and, and coaches right in the same spot is really going to help us. What's the approach with Rashawn? Um, when I asked that, not for the obvious stuff, but and there's the contract is coming up. So sure. maybe you got that. He's a hugely important player. You want him out there, but there's yeah. also the, maybe the need to maybe press the brake a little bit there. Yeah, you said, I mean, he's, he's, he's such an important um, factor for our football team. So... Um, you know, we're going to be very cautious in that as far as making sure that he's good to go. He's got a long career ahead of him, and we want to make sure that we do everything we can to get him to where he can, he can go let it loose. He's done an amazing job, and it, as you guys know, it's going to be hard to hold him back. Um, he's ready to go. Um, he wants to keep pushing, and uh, he will. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, we'll start him off in the next two to three weeks and kind of see where he's at. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't put anything past him because he's, um, he's a different kind of guy. You would agree that there there would be some value to maybe bringing back a Mercedes Lewis, but why did you ultimately decide to you know leave that room as it was? Yeah, I think mean, we never shut the door on those things, but at the same time, I think for us, we drafted you know two guys fairly high that we really want to see, and they're going to need those reps to get out there. Um, you know, along with you know with Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuara, I think you know we're really excited about those guys and what they can do for us. So. Um, those are always really tough decisions, you know. Um, we had a lot of them this offseason, um, you know, moving on from guys that have been here a long time and uh, personal relationships and just uh, what they've done for this organization. Those things are hard. Um, but I think moving forward is what we're trying to do. I think that was the best move at this point. But um, things can change fast. So There you go. That's Brian Gudekinst and uh, talking. When we come back after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. And I got a lot of notes. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, and there was a little bit of a wink and a nod. I don't know if you caught it. You know, you got to listen close. Sometimes it's what's said, and sometimes, as you know in this program, it's what's not said. But this was a little bit of a, oh, by the way, uh, a seepage of confidence, I think. And we'll get into that. 
But when we come back, we're also going to hear from the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur. So stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this.